0: the coronavirus crisis. I'm Jarrett Murphy from citylimits.org.
1: And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. Uh, Jarrett, good to talk to you.
0: It's good to talk to you as well, although not to see you because we are recording the show remotely uh, out of an abundance of, of caution and, and an overwhelming amount of other editorial week and probably about the busi- busiest news week of our lives.
1: Indeed, indeed. What, um, you know, generally speaking, how, how are you holding up in the new this beginning of this new reality?
0: Well, in a way, I'm grateful that I am so busy because when one stops to sort of contemplate where we are, the, the surreal position of the city and some of the, you know, frightening predictions about uh, death toll and illness numbers and hospital utilization and economic impact um, really are kind of stunning. Uh, so I'm glad to have had the, the excuse to bury myself in. You know, making sure uh, sentences have a period at the end, and that uh, photos have captions, because otherwise it would be uh, it might be a little spiritually overwhelming. How about you?
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's interesting. You know, I I I I don't find myself um, prone to a lot of sort of anxiety generally, but I, I I think about the people that are, and and the things that we're hearing are extremely anxiety provoking and and it's it's tricky because even though we're seeing such an uptick in confirmed cases in New York you know you you go outside and you know other than the streets being emptier and such you know it, it kind of looks like life is going on but we're sort of waiting for this bigger emergency to hit. And obviously it's hitting emergency rooms already. And so not being in an emergency room again, I don't see that. Um, and so it's like, it's one of these things where it's hard to imagine what's very likely coming. Um, but all the, all the indicators are that, you know, there's, there's serious, um, trouble on the horizon and, and our elected leaders and medical leaders are sounding that alarm. And obviously you don't have to look further than, Washington state where they've had a, you know, some really major issues. Um, and of course, places like Italy and China to know, uh, what some of the worst case seemingly, you know, scenario looks like, but, um, it's, it's worrisome certainly. And it seems like we're, I don't know, a couple of weeks away from seeing, you know, some things really start to, to take a turn. And that's where uh, elected officials and others are starting to really sound the alarm and start to move some preparations um, in that direction, especially when it comes to health care capacity.
0: And talking to some of those people who are involved in that thinking and those discussions is what we'll be doing on the show today, trying to gauge, I mean, the, the crisis has so many different facets, Ben just mentioned, the medical one, obviously, that's first and foremost, um, so many others, including economic, fiscal, and, and the impact, obviously, on uh, humans and on the human service sector in New York City. So later in the show, we'll be hearing from Jennifer March. She's the executive director of the Citizens Committee for Children in New York City, talking about concerns she has about how that sector is faring, how their clients are faring, and especially how the state budget, which frankly there already were concerns about how it might um, affect and maybe exacerbate the impact of the crisis. So that will be coming up in the second half of the show.
1: And in the first half of the show, uh, you'll hear a conversation I had just yesterday with State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli uh, about the fiscal impacts, about... What uh, his office has just released in terms of a reassessment of what state tax revenue will look like amid the coronavirus crisis. Um, he's got some sobering numbers that he's put out um, about you know billions of dollars in reduced state tax revenue that's expected. and I'm gonna talk, uh, you're gonna hear the talk that I had with him uh, just yesterday after his office released that report going into what the state budget picture looks like. And of course, you know, this isn't just about state government finances in some sort of vacuum. Um, It directly relates to the conversation, Jarrett, you had with Jennifer March. And this is that the state government, the city government um, obviously rely on tax revenue coming in to then pay um, for both governmental direct service and then to contract out with nonprofits for other services from shelters to healthcare and, and much, much more. So um, Comptroller Tom DiNapoli's picture of the state's finance is really, really important as we also focus, of course, on the immediate healthcare needs.
0: And one thing to tee up just because, and this is something that there'll be books written about and maybe we'll devote one or more future shows to, but uh, just in terms of to frame the questions that you and I will be asking as journalists and as residents over the next few days, obviously Comptroller de Napoli is an important figure and Jen March has a very important role in the city, but the people who are most in the spotlight here are Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, and there's been a lot of talk about their performance um, and their you know, being on the same page sometimes and, and at odds over other things. Um, it, it's too much to get into how we're going to evaluate those uh, performances. But, but I guess, Ben, I don't know, what kind of what questions are you looking to have answered in the next few days that are answered directly or answered by, by evidence and performance uh, about the mayor and the governor? What do you think we should be looking for?
1: Well, I think I'd, I'd list a couple of things. One, there's this debate going on that the mayor and the governor seem to be on um, close to opposing sides of whether there should be a stronger, um, what they're calling shelter in place order for New York City, at least, if not the entire state uh, or or the city region. The mayor seems to be sort of urging that a bit more and the governor is saying it's not something he's considering and only he can really make that decision. So I think that's something to watch is how they handle that. And the other thing is the mobilization efforts around hospital capacity, both the state and the city have started to move on that issue. Um, They've asked the federal government for help and we'll see how that coincides. And, you know, like other crises, this is really spotlighting the idea that the different levels of government um, have to work together. How, how How about you?
0: Exactly well, I think the the shelter in place is such an, a fascinating question. I wonder if part de Blasio's urgency on that or at least the urgency in, in in laying that out as a possibility is a reaction to people feeling that he moved too slowly calling schools off, although in practical terms, I don't know if that if that delay had any impact. Um, that's something to be evaluated later. but you know I think one of the questions that obviously East leader has to deal with is whatever you are contemplating. Do you unveil its contemplation early so people can prepare? And what is the impact of that? Um, you know, will it will it cause unnecessary panic and people to stockpile goods if they think they're going to be shut their homes for two weeks and it doesn't happen? Um, or is that going to create uh, a worse emergency if we don't prepare people for that days in advance and then suddenly drop it on them? So, I mean, this, these decisions we made are real time, and and you know, I, I can't say that I know the. Uh, the correct course of action. Right. But, well, uh, we well, hope that they're ta- taking that into consideration.
1: Yeah. And I do think that, uh, by the time we're on the air next week, we'll have a lot more to, uh, chew over and evaluate and consider. And so we'll dig more into a lot of those decisions, uh, next week. Uh, but right now folks, uh, stay tuned for a conversation that I had with Comptroller Tom DiNapoli and then the conversation that Jared had with Jennifer March. Here is my conversation with State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli. And joined now on the line by New York State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli. You're on with Ben Max here from Gotham Gazette. Uh, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing okay, Ben. It's uh, interesting times that we're living through.
1: It really is. Uh, and it seems like, you know, this isn't one of those things that um, is going to be resolved in, you know, anytime soon. I mean, this is going to be a, a long term. Uh, th- Event and an ongoing crisis that really impacts the state. Are you how, how are you thinking about it in terms of of the short and long term of it? I mean, do you have any sense of, of what we're looking at here?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I think you're absolutely right. If, if, if you if flash back or dial back to even two weeks ago, I think we all probably had a slightly different perspective on where this was all headed. And I think one of the real challenges we have from a state budgetary perspective and you know, from a policy perspective as well is that. Events and information seems to change not only day by day, but moment by moment. The real challenge for us, though, from the state perspective, uh, when we talk about uh, our, our budget situation, is that the legislation of the governor are uh, expected, required to have a budget in place by April 1st. Hmm. So uh, it's very clear that the the, the revenue assumptions that were made just a few short weeks ago, uh, you might as well... Tear up that piece of paper and throw them out out the the window. window.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, so before we,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, before we get into the specifics there, just clarify for people, you know, what your job is in all of this. I mean, you know, as basically what we're dealing with at any, at any, any year with no crisis or, or the minor, you know, more minor crises that we're dealing with all the time, of course, whether it's, you know, homelessness or, or school quality or whatever it might be. Um, you know, at this point in the year, we're always looking at a state budget due by April 1st. We're looking at what's the state as you were just getting out, what's what revenues are coming in from, from taxes, what's the spending plan, et cetera. So just generally speaking, your role in all this.
2: So, so our role, very much on a day-to-day basis, is looking at state revenues and state spending, and making sure that uh, we have enough money uh, to pay our obligations and to, to pay our to pay our bills. And you know, we have our own access to information. We we obviously uh, get a lot of information from the state department of tax and finance and from the division of the budget. So that should be part of the day-to-day responsibility of just monitoring what's done, because we're the ones who ultimately to put the template. You know, we cut the checks. So, when uh payments are due for a vendor or a business that has a contract with the state a nonprofit that's getting a grant new york city is getting you know state money for some purpose uh or any local government across the state you know school aid you know uh, uh money for road work whatever we're the ones that have to uh, process all those payments in the context of the budget process though our role is much more uh removed from that so so the the, the All the parties, meaning the legislature, the governor, and the controller, in November of every year have to put out a preliminary view of the upcoming year's revenue uh, and spending estimates. Again, state fiscal year begins April 1st. We're part of that process. But then... We're not really part of the formal process. The next step is for the legislature and the governor, uh, usually sometime in February, to come up with a what they call a consensus revenue forecast, where the three parties come together and really identify how much money uh, is available. That's a follow-up to the governor presenting his executive budget proposal, uh, usually in January. If the parties can't agree on revenue, then it defaults to the controller. That's only happened once to pick the number. That didn't happen this year. Mm-hmm. But what happened this year is with the, with the with the pandemic and coronavirus setting in, the governor basically said, appropriately so, the, reven- the consensus revenue that we reached, meaning the legislature and the governor, which said there was seven hundred million dollars more available above what the governor had first presented in January, that that number doesn't hold together anymore. I am asking the controller uh, to give to give us a revenue estimate based on the new reality. So, that, so Ben, this this is like a new wrinkle, a new mm-hmm. uh, responsibility that we haven't had before. So we did. Um, you respond within the seven days that he uh, asked us to respond within, and you know came out with what we uh, projected would be the revenue impact. Obviously, the negative revenue impact of what we're going through right now.
1: All right, so let's uh, get to that in just one second. We are in the final few weeks here of the current fiscal year. Is there any problem? Any any issue? Is is the coronavirus spread and the re- and the implications of it? Um, impacting the current fiscal year and the revenues that the state was relying on to pay to pay the bills for the current fiscal year.
2: And the short answer is no. You know, we've 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 had a strong year, and actually collections were coming in ahead of projections. And and since you know we're dealing with less than two weeks remaining in the fiscal year, we don't anticipate any problem in terms of cash flow or uh, in terms of paying our bills and our obligations. Yeah, well, It could very well be when we get the final numbers for March that so we won't end the year with as much of a of a balance as we were expecting, but we certainly will end in balance and there will be some money available to roll into next year again. What happens in the next two weeks will determine how much, but there's no issue about paying the bills uh, between now and April
1: 1st. Is that is that number of what could be rolled into next fiscal year anything you can put a opinion at this point, you know, any, any estimate on what that number will be? Is it anything significant that will be helpful?
2: Well, you know, we, we have statutory reserves in excess mm-hmm. of, of, of $2 billion. There's some uh, close to $900 million in money that has been designated for possible contingencies. There's a, 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 a fair amount of the uh, monetary settlement money, some of which has been designated for other purposes but hasn't been spent yet. So I think it would be, you know, fair to say that um, the earlier projections that the general fund balance would be, you know, in the range of $6.5 billion. And, um, you know, that number probably is pretty close to um, uh, to, to where where it'll end up. But okay. again, things could change between now and the end of the year. Right. But okay. for, for this fiscal year ending April 1st, we're not anticipating a, an issue.
1: So the state budget, of course, incorporates um, both federal funds and, and money that the state brings in and then spends. Um, and you're mostly focused at this point on what the state... Uh, all funds tax revenue looks like. is that a fair way right. to Correct. say? It? okay so f- so Correct. for for next fiscal year, which is begins April 1st, the governor right. had a projection in his executive budget of 87.9 billion dollars. Then, as you said, there was an estimate that it would come in a little bit above that. Um, But now you've done this reevaluation as requested by the governor, and you said appropriately so amid the pandemic spreading and impacting New York. So what are we looking at? What did you release? um, And what's your analysis show? Well,
2: let me qualify as I answer that. There's a lot of uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. There are many variables in terms of what the real uh, economic impact is going to be of of impact on small businesses, uh, you know, tourism, uh, restaurants being closed. I mean, you just go down the long list of everything that we're we're all experiencing right now. So assuming, I guess, what an effect would be, because now now it's pretty clear we're headed for, for a recession. The question is... You know, will it be a mild recession? How long will it last? What will be the depth of it? So, you know, looking at as of Friday, the most up-to-date information we had on on revenue and tax collections and where we felt we were at, we with an and I would underscore with an optimistic projection would say seg- would suggest what the numbers were saying that tax revenue will be at least four billion below the projections in the governor's executive budget which as you point out was for 87.9 billion that being said we looked at some alternative s- scenarios one scenario which which would anticipate a severe recession or continued s- sharp declines particularly in terms of the stock market and the overall Impact that that has on, on our economy, uh, we could see revenue loss uh, in excess of seven billion dollars, and seven billion might be a conservative figure. But we 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 really led with the four billion figure because again, you know, we we don't know where this is all headed. Potentially offsetting uh, that would be what you touched on before. Federal receipt, so we know that that you know there is talk in Washington in terms of a relief package, and even beyond that, a stimulus package, you know, in terms of helping the economy. So, whether it's relief to the states uh, in terms of helping. Uh, healthcare costs, particularly, right? Medicaid is a big issue. It already was an issue in this budget negotiation because of higher than anticipated spending on Medicaid. It appears that the federal government is going to give us more money uh, for reimbursement for Medicaid. How much it will be, we could not quantify at this point, um, how much of that will be tied to increased utilization of the medicaid system because of the health care uh, response to the pandemic also unclear so on the upside if we could put it there potential upside if in fact the federal government we certainly hope they do comes through with relief and also beyond that with what we continuing to see stimulus to get the economy back on its feet You know, that obviously will have uh, a significant impact, hopefully, to the positive. But, you know, we see the whipsaw in the stock market. We rely significantly on the health of the financial services sector, on the securities industry. It accounts for about 17% of our total revenues. You know, uh, we haven't put out our bonus report for last year. It's probably going to show a decent bonus season. As we move forward, I don't think next year is going to be a great bonus season mm-hmm. at the rate we're going. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, factoring in, you know, that, that one sector, you know, sometimes people say, oh, don't pay attention to the stock market. Well... You know, how those firms do is, has a big impact on, on New York State revenue. Let's And let's look at another issue. So let's say for the average citizens, they do a, a delay in, in when you have to file your taxes. And some people may say, wow, with everything I'm contending with, that'll be terrific. But, you know, depending on who it covers, how many people it covers, how long that delay would be, that holiday would be, that could result in billions in revenue not coming into the state, after that April 15th deadline, as we normally would have. And one of the issues with cash flow is that when you look at May and June, with the state uh, financial plan and the state budget, those are big months for big school aid payments. Hmm. So, So from a cash flow perspective, Even some of the good things that may come out of federal action, it could really put a crunch on us as far as uh, the money we have in the bank to pay those obligations. Really,
1: really interesting and good points for folks to hear. Um, In terms of what the state might be spending here um, to combat this, I mean, the governor is obviously repeatedly um, calling on the federal government for more help. um, But he's also put a lot into motion, of course, um, in the state response. The legislature approved an initial $40 million emergency allocation. Do you have any estimate what um, anybody thinks the state might wind up spending on this? Let's just say whether or not the federal government winds up reimbursing for some or all or whatever it might be. Do we have any sense of what the state might wind up spending here?
2: You know, I, I can't give you a number right now, mm. Ben. You're it's right. We right? you got the forty million, and, yeah. and, and obviously that money will be spent. And you know, I'm sure as they're as they're projecting forward, at least in the short term, that's going to be very much part of of whatever agreement they come up with between now and, uh, and April first. Mm. And I think one of the questions will be: Will they will they put in place? A, you know, a, a spending plan. I'm sure it won't be the, in the traditional sense of a budget, but it could also be a more bare bones budget with the expectation that, which is how things were done years ago, right. uh, the legislature would often come back in the fall and do what they called a supplemental budget. Will they do that? Or will they do uh, a, a, a more traditional spending plan, projecting forward for the entire year, with an understanding that some of those uh, assumptions will not hold up, and uh, as a way to manage it, extend to the governor the kinds of power to make adjustments within the budget year to reduce certain expenditures. Now, as you know, you follow the state scene and you follow uh, the governor. The governor often asks for, for flexibility, mm. even when it's not a crisis, to adjust the budget. Mm. Sometimes he gets some of that and, and sometimes he exercises that uh, and sometimes he doesn't. But uh, and that's not new. You know, when, when there's been concern about federal cutbacks, there's always been a provision that, like on, on health care, the, 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 the governor, in effect, you know, for the health commissioner could adjust Medicaid reimbursement rates. So it, that 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 rarely has been used. But um, but I think in this extraordinary situation, which is a crisis, I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't think anybody would, would quibble with the notion that the governor should have the flexibility to manage the budget in view of what could be the need for mid-year cuts. So, so you know, the main point is that the extra $700 million that the legislation thought was there is not there. We think, again, being optimistic, it, it'll be four $4 billion or more less. Uh, they need to use a sobering number like that uh, as they put their spending plan together. Let's hope on the upside we do get more, more help from Washington. But I think one of the concerns I think that we all have is we see day-to-day how this is evolving moment-to-moment. Doesn't really feel like the worst is over yet. We yeah. haven't hit the worst part of this, so so. Uh, and the governor's,
1: yeah, the governor's given yeah. some very sober warnings about that, and that's part yeah. of him raising the flags about help from the federal government and building hospital capacity and and where yeah. he, you know, and and going back to my my question about what the state might wind up laying out um, yeah. in terms of resources. Obviously, he's not waiting on the federal government to answer his call about building hospital right, capacity. Right. He's also starting to work on that. So um, in terms of... A, and and,
2: oh, and in ahead. that context, yeah. we, do, we, do have, we, do have, we do have money to do that. So mm-hmm. people shouldn't think we don't have money. The, the problem is going to be how long, what's the duration of all this, what happens when we have multi-billion dollar school aid payments, what happens if, if if the state budget has to be constricted Does that have an impact on the localities that are also suffering in terms of revenue loss? What happens to related entities? the MTA, mm-hmm. ridership obviously already is down, you know, if, if, what if nobody's on the subways or the trains? big part of MTA revenue, you know, uh, has to do with, 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 with fares, sure. and, and if the fare isn't there, the MTA already had financial issues. What will be the state's ability to, you know, to help save uh, funding? For the- so there, there are all kinds of implications right. you know, of this going on. You know, borrowing, you know, how, to, how does the, the bond market now price uh, bonds and borrowing. You know, there are different capital uh, capital needs that have already been scheduled. Well what if we have a problem uh, you know handling our borrowing you know through the dormitory authority. So so there's a lot that mm. is very much in flux at the moment that we just don't have answers on because we are you know we truly are in uncharted territory. We've had we've had big uh, financial crunches before nothing related to a pandemic mm-hmm. uh this is a unique circumstance it's different than the than the market's collapsing 10 years ago it's different than 9/11 uh right. and 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 we don't know where we're headed
1: yeah i mean right we don't know for example how how long uh in order of you know restaurants and bars being closed for everything but takeout might last i mean these are yeah. these are huge shifts in a in a much in a you know really broad swath of the economy and and so much more than than even that example. Look
2: at how New York City has benefited from tourism, not not just domestic, but international. You know, people aren't flying, people aren't driving, people are being discouraged to come into the city. The, the opera is closed Broadway is closed you know and what if sheltering in place happens right. you know broad scale for everybody what you know the economic consequences are are almost impossible to calculate
1: so um, we have just a few more minutes with State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli. again, appreciate you taking some time with us here as you uh, have just put out a new analysis of. You know, again, as you, as you just said, it's, it's hard to really calculate a lot of what we're looking at here. We're in the early stages, but um, your state controller's office has just put out an analysis uh, recalibrating some of the um, expectations for revenue that the state will bring in as it crafts its next budget. Uh, let, me, let me try to run a few other things by you, just see um, sure. how you're thinking about these things. Um, in terms of what the federal government might do, Do you have preferences, do you have priorities, you know, that you think are the best things for New York State um, in terms of what could be coming? You know, there's this discussion about $1,000 to every adult. Uh, There's obviously, you know, reimbursements for health expenses. There's all sorts of, you know, there's all sorts of possibilities here. The governor seems not that thrilled with the federal package that was being negotiated, whereas the mayor seems excited about it. So where are you at on on any of these things that might be coming from the federal government?
2: I... I I'd have to say, don't don't take this as as avoiding you answer your question. Yeah. I would say I would say all of the above. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you need multiple responses. You know, so certainly uh, the extent that the federal government can help the state, and by extension, then the localities within the state, it makes sense. I think the governor has some concern that that the increased Medicaid reimbursement would be tied to not reducing any Medicaid reimbursement that would then go to the to the, to the city and, and to the counties. Because, you know, that's been one of the points of contention in the state budget sure. process, that the view was that some of what the governor was proposing was capping what had been the state's willingness to assume the increased costs of Medicaid, and thereby transferring some of those increased costs back to the city of New York and back to the counties outside of the city of New York. So I think the mayor was happy that the federal legislation seemed to undo that, and I guess the governor was concerned that it was it was micromanaging something that the state. Should should really resolve but reimbursement for medicaid reimbursement for the emergency expenditures help for the every- what about those hourly uh workers who are working in those restaurants and uh, and 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 aren't the chefs to do the you know to do the cooking for the takeout so cash directly to people uh, you know i know that the people kick around the thousand dollars everybody or everybody that's not a millionaire however they do it that may be that may be one response they, they, there needs to be ways in which we we put cash in the hands of people who really need it, number one. Number two, support for small businesses so that they can survive through this time, and that's the whole panoply of small businesses that are out there. Support for families, issues like, you know, paid family leave, and I think, as you know, um, paid sick leave, you know, certainly uh, as you know, the, the legislature and the governor come together this week with an agreement for New York State to do that, and also guarantee job protection, as well as pay for people who are quarantined, as part of coronavirus, um, you know, so, uh, you know, this, this kind of activity of supporting families, supporting businesses, uh, that, you know, the state can do just so much. We really need Washington to step up and do it. And look, the state can't go bankrupt, right? So the problem the state has, so we can, we can become insolvent. If there's not the money in the state treasury, I, I can't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Washington, on the other hand, they also can't go bankrupt, but they can print money. So the reality is, you know, Washington has a, a limitless uh, uh, ability to, to put money out there that the state doesn't have. So, so we, we really can't do it without Washington's so help. Now, unfortunately, Washington has already had a deficit that has been growing. And even for us in New York, you know, I've been sounding the alarm for, for, for a couple of years now. We had a specific proposal back, back around the holidays to say, hey, folks, we need to build up our, our rainy day reserves way behind other states in terms of percentage of money that we keep us side for a severe economic downturn well here we are we are so so we're not as prepared as we could be but we've got some money in reserves Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not like we don't have anything we could be better but um you know i think that creates some vulnerability as well. The state could have been better positioned. Washington already has a deficit issue, so it's it's a challenge. I mean, what we, have, well, we haven't talked about, no running out of time, <laughs> I got to value the, the state pension fund on March 31st. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be a challenge as well. But to your listeners who are state retirees, again, we, we go into this challenging time well funded. We certainly have money for their benefits, they shouldn't worry.
1: Okay. That's good to know. Maybe we'll have to discuss that at length For the Two two final, very quick uh, things. The surge we've already seen, and surely we'll see more of, in unemployment claims. What does that do to the state? Does where you know? How does that factor into this budget discussion?
2: I don't have a number for you mm-hmm. but you know, certainly given everything happening, uh, it will have to be something we factor in and again underscores the need for Washington to give us a hand dealing with those with those costs as well and doing what we can do to to, to, to have, have these businesses survive so that when we do get through this and we will get through it, we very quickly can have people back working in the economy back in full swing. Uh, I'm sure that there will be some some transition time with that, but um uh, I think it's important for us, even in the middle of the crisis and a worsening crisis, not to not to understand that we will get through it and that we need to get the economy going and people working uh, full steam as quickly as we can. Is,
1: is that surge not something that could, you know, sort of add to the, a crippling of the state financial picture? Or? I,
2: I'm not going to say crippling. Yeah. It, it will create an addition, additional challenge, but mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, we... We will manage that challenge, and I give credit uh, to Governor Cuomo. I think he's really been on top of things and, and been a good leader. He's obviously been talking to the legislature. He included, you know, me in the discussions as to how we deal with the revenue issue. So he's 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 a strong leader, but also calling on all all hands on deck to be part of the solution. So we'll manage. Through. Last
1: thing, um, this seems to come up obviously all the time in New York, especially, um, but the in terms of revenue. There's some people already saying uh, raise, you know, do a a tax uh, increase on the wealthiest to help uh, New York get out of this jam. Then there's other people, of course, who are saying that that would be counterintuitive. We don't want to push people additionally to leave the state. We don't want people to not spend money in the economy, et cetera. Um, Is that something that you've started thinking about, whether there should be some sort of special occasion here?
2: Look, I mean, the reality is everything has to be on the table, that being said. That's been a discussion that's been going on already, Right. Uh, and I, I would I would suggest that in, in the middle of the crisis is probably not the most thoughtful time to come up with a, a uh, an intelligent response to what is what is uh, fairness and taxation. Uh, you know, I, I, I would I would as with many other items that were pending in Albany, I, I think that discussion will probably be need to be delayed for for a future time. Uh, let's let's get through where we are right now with the information. We have right now uh, if they have to come back and revisit that question among, and among others in the fall maybe that's some time to do that but I, I don't I don't think you can come up with an intelligent uh, tax reform plan uh, certainly in the next two weeks uh, okay. and and, and timing wise I just don't think that discussion makes sense to have right now
1: well you said it uh, we're looking for an intelligent path forward amid uh, a major crisis and a lot of uncertainty and uh, certainly we thank you for this conversation as part of trying to figure out what's going on and what that um, path ahead might look like. State Controller Tom Bonapoli, thanks uh, very much for taking the time with us.
2: Thanks, Ben. Be safe, be well, and we'll talk again.
1: Same to you.